Here at Miss Teacher Mom, we recognize the great privilege and responsibility that we have as parents to educate our children. Beyond math and phonics, this also includes building their characters, molding their hearts, and reaching their souls. A burden too big to carry on our own. We sense the call to missional motherhood, but we could use some help from those who have more experience and wisdom than us. So we're calling upon some wonderful godly women and men to encourage and equip us as we seek to raise our kids with eternity in mind. I asked Sue to come on Miss Teacher Mom podcast. Thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. <laughs> um, me and my husband did an internship with a ministry called NETS, New England Training and Sending. And I was super blessed to have weekly or biweekly trainings with West Pastor's wife, Sue Pastor, who's here today. And so I learned many things that I'm still using in ministry today. Something that I still remember years later is her talk on friendship. So I'm really thankful that you're here to chat with us today. I know that friendship is a pretty personal issue for all moms across the board. We want friends. We're feeling lonely. We're busy with kids. Friendship doesn't look like it did in the olden days when maybe it was easier to make friends because you lived in the same dorm or you had similar hobbies and sports. And as moms, as adults, as busy people, friendship is complicated and difficult and confusing. So Sue, I'd really love if you could start off the conversation helping us out. Where are we going wrong? Why are we frustrated? What's going on with our seemingly lame social life as moms seeking <laughs> friends? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, Caitlin, I'll tell you, it's uh, great to be here. I've never done anything like this before, so it's, it's going to be interesting, hopefully, for everybody. But I think um, one of the things that's true about being a young mom is it is such a special season of life, mm -hmm. and it is a very unique season of life. And you're right, friendships are formed very easily when you're in college, you're in the same dorm, you're on the same sports teams. There's a lot that we have in common. And then suddenly, we find ourselves in this very, very special season where um, we're exhausted and spending a lot of time caring for people who haven't even learned how to talk yet. And um, we just, you know, look like we've been run over by a truck. And, you know, who would want to be a friend to that? And so suddenly we find ourselves in this very, very special season. And I think, you know, on the upside, it's easy to recognize that it's a special season. We want to have children. We know children are a gift from the Lord. And as women who have, who know Christ, who have trusted in Christ for the forgiveness of their sins, they know that that season of motherhood puts them in such a privileged position of being, of giving life and love to their children. And so we welcome that and we love that. Mm -hmm. But I also think it's also a special season for women because God loves us so much that he's not content to leave us as he found us. And it's a season of great training. It's a season of being conformed to the image of Christ. And I think just as we welcome being a giver of life, we want to be women who welcome this special season as a time of training. And training isn't very easy. In fact, nobody thinks, oh boy, I can't wait to go to boot camp and, you know, suffer and experience deprivation. But if we 
view it like that and see it like that, then we don't miss the blessing of that season. Mm -hmm. So parenting young children is very intense. But in my mind, there's two really great things that come from it. And I think we do want to recognize that in Christ, we are created for relationships. We're related to, we're created to have friends and to enjoy the presence of others. But during this special season, I think we can learn two very, very special things. And one is that we may be lonely, but we are never alone. And the Lord really uses this time of loneliness to point our eyes towards him and to realize that, you know, he is our source of everything. He is our, he is the lover of our soul and we are not alone. Somehow we can't learn those lessons until we're in a place where we feel really lonely. And then we realize that Christ is all we need. The second thing is that God will always meet our needs. And it's not until we feel needy that we see him meeting our needs. So again, we want to we want to look to Christ to meet our needs and we want to welcome this season as a needy time, but a time where God is doing some amazing things in transforming us. So that's it's a great thing. It's not a fun season, but it's it's a great thing. <laughs> it is a great thing and that is encouraging. I am, I'm encouraged by that as my husband and I, when we moved from Vermont and came here, it's been hard with young kids and trying to make new friends. And a friend recently talked to me about how when you're serving people in ministry, whether it's as a pastor's wife or just a regular church member, sometimes those actions aren't reciprocated. And it's helpful to have categories where for some you're serving them and it's ministry and you love them and you're serving their needs, but it's not reciprocated. But in other cases where it is reciprocated and they do start communicating back or inviting you over, then that ministry turns into a friendship. But just because serving someone doesn't turn into a friendship, it doesn't mean you've failed or that the relationship is a fail just because it doesn't look like a friendship as far as what you were expecting. Mm -hmm. And I think as women, I'm assuming some men deal with this too, but as women, we can be super introspective and focus on, well, are they initiating with me? And do they love me? And are they looking for me? And how are they serving me? And I remember the session that you did several years ago where you talked about expectations and the difference between having friends and being a good friend. Is there any way you can talk more about that to those listening? Yes, I'd love to. And I, I would like to interject here that um, as a young pastor's wife, I was very much told and, you know, read in all the articles and books I could get a hold of that um, if you're a pastor's wife, you should expect to have no friends in your church. That all of your friends will be people that you met in college or at seminary, and you will need to cherish those because, honey, there are no more friends on, on your horizon. And my, um, I just want to put out there that I, as we've been in the ministry for almost 30 years, and I have all kinds of friends in my church, in my community, um, in other states, but um, certainly the people that I live and work and, and serve with 
are my friends, and I feel very blessed for that. So um, how did how did that happen? I think, you know, when you step back from it all, I think the first and second great commandments are really our North Star when it comes to managing our relationships, which is that we are to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. So love really is the organizing idea for our relationships. And here's some of the reasons why that is. I think that um, love is really our guide to healthy relationships. You know, love weeds out the sin that gets tangled up into our relationships where we get our relationships all mucked up because of anger or jealousy or we become competitive. It also weeds out that relational introspection that you were talking about. Like, do I have any friends? Who are my friends? Are they really my friends? Why do people prefer them instead of me? What's wrong with me? And we can really spin in this relational, you know, introspection. But love is our North Star. So love lifts our eyes from all of that and say, what does it mean to be a good friend? Let's not worry about having friends because we know that God will meet our needs. And sometimes we are in a season where we don't need to have very many friends because God is meeting those needs in other ways. And he wants to do that. And we want to be women who trust him who look to him, say, Lord, if this is the season you have me in, I want to welcome that. So, so love allows us to say, so what does it mean to be a good friend? So when we meet people, we can, we can ask ourselves, what does love look like in this relationship? And it might look like a lot of reciprocity, but it might not. But that's kind of not my responsibility. My responsibility is to love. I don't think love allows us to be demanded of, um, you know, just because somebody wants something from us or will be disappointed if we don't. That's, it's not love to just run around trying to meet all of these needs. Love step back and say, well, what does this person really need? And how would God have me love this person? So it really lifts it out of the whole tangle of who are my friends to how can I be a good friend today? Mm, yeah, so. that was honestly life-giving uh, wisdom for me coming into ministry because it is easy to wonder why people aren't loving you back or why no one's asking you to hang out or why there isn't reciprocation sometimes. And I think we can go on a whole nother tangent as far as people being super busy or people being so into their phones that they're not even thinking about building relationships with others. And there are a million reasons why it doesn't happen. So it's not necessarily helpful or healthy to wonder and assume right. why people aren't befriending you back. I, I also think that the Lord does meet our friendship with needs in ways that we would never expect. You know, the, you might be really pouring out for a particular person in your congregation that is particularly needy at that particular time. And then from some other quarter, the Lord will, you know, have somebody else send you a note or have somebody else do uh, a kindness or meet a need that maybe you hadn't even made it widely known that you had that need. And, and the Lord just said, you know, why don't you give that 
why don't you give Sue a call? I think she would just like to hear from you. Mm -hmm. And so we can trust the Lord to meet our needs. And I find it fascinating that I have friends from all walks of life, all demographics, and we're really in the business of loving one another, not trying to possess each other as though we're trying to collect friends or, well, if I only had enough friends, then I could be happy or I would be content or I would be settled if I had some friends. And yet, you know, the, the Lord has given me some really interesting friends. <laughs> People are just so interesting, aren't they? They are, yeah. I mean, one of my dearest friends here at Seacoast is a 60-year-old woman. Yes. Her children are my age, and I love her dearly, and she's full of wisdom and grace, and yeah. asked me to hang out, and I yeah. love her. And I do I think it's helpful what you're talking about, being a good friend, because I think whether it's due to introspection or busyness or a million other reasons, I do find sometimes ladies complaining that they have no friends, but when it comes down to it, they're not being intentional either. Right. So right. I'll have sweet sisters I love saying, no one hangs out with me. I don't know. No one wants to be my friend, but I'll kind of blatantly ask, who have you invited over lately? Who have you tried to befriend? And they're not making any effort either. Yes, right. It's kind of a new idea for them. <laughs> Kind of like you want people to do what you're not doing. And, yeah. and yet but, I think that's one aspect of loving one another is that we're modeling good relational habits. We're, we're, we're modeling good relationships practices. So in that way, we're teaching and we're, we're spreading the love around because we're, we're showing what healthy relationships really look like. Yeah. And like you said, we're focusing on loving others mm -hmm. and That's trusting right. that the Lord is, will satisfy our needs, but also hoping that some of those ministry relationships will turn into friendships, whatever that looks like. Or they might, then they might not. Mm -hmm. And that's okay too, because our focus isn't on securing friends. Our focus is on, it really, it's just so simple. It cuts through all the static to just, you know, focus on loving Christ and loving our neighbor and doing that to the best of our ability. And then watching God at work mm -hmm. to both use us to serve one another and to watch God meet our needs in the midst of that. Absolutely. So, Yes. And you've hinted um, previously, so I'm not sure if you have anything further to say or not, but I would love to talk about people who really are struggling with loneliness. Yes. Um, I, think, yeah. I remember a C.S. Lewis quote where he says, friendship has no survival value. Rather, it is one of those things that give value to survival. Yes. So I wonder if you have words of encouragement that you can share with moms who for any number of reasons are lonely, whether that's mm -hmm. that she's moved to a new place or her husband has a traveling job or she's wrought with illness that keeps her home. Maybe she's busy taking care of many children or even given her best efforts, there really is no reciprocation. Do you have any words of encouragement for these moms? Well, the first thing I would say is that loneliness is very painful. You know, I don't, I'm, I, I would not want to give the impression that it's like no big deal. I, I think it's excruciating at times. And yet it's compounded if we start into this negative spin of focusing on, oh, poor me. And, you know, I don't have any friends and, you know, I'm going to just go eat worms. That's, that doesn't help. I think what does help 
when we recognize that when we're in a season of loneliness is to accept that that's where the Lord has us. There's nothing wrong here. It's just not comfortable. So, and the Lord doesn't waste our loneliness. He is using that time to do some very special things for us. If we will understand that this is too is from his hand. And in that way, we can be thankful for our loneliness thankful that the Lord is at work and and that we don't know, but if right around the corner, the Lord has a wonderful situation for us. And he's just saying, not yet. Wait for it. Wait for it. It's coming. And in the meanwhile, I think when we find ourselves in those seasons of loneliness, because the fact of the matter is seasons of loneliness affect everyone, not just the ministry wife or the person who's moved. I mean, we we don't know what's around the corner of uh, losing a spouse, losing a good friend, children moving away, growing up and moving away. So lots of opportunities to experience loneliness. And I think investing that time well, instead of being pouty about it, is probably a wise move to go. So oftentimes, if you're in a season of loneliness, you're not as busy because you don't have all these relationships you're involved with. So why not invest that time to be in the word, to be going to God in prayer, asking him to be working in your life, asking him to meet your relational needs. And then I always find it helpful to just make some plans, you know, make some plans to redecorate a room or get out the paintbrush or a sewing project. I like to sew. So that's always a good one for me. Or here's, here's an idea. Let's get the laundry done. (laughs) It's just, (laughs) there are, there are things that need to be done. So both what's on my do list, but also how might I be an encouragement to somebody else is huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's so helpful. I I think of our time in Louisville when we moved. We've done a lot of moving, but mm-hmm. it took us a really long time to build friendships with people. And our marriage has never been stronger than that mm-hmm. season. Those three years where we were completely by ourselves, had just left our family and friends. Yep. And mm-hmm. we really clung to each other. And it was an incredible three years of marriage because yes. we didn't have those friends And instead of getting angry and frustrated and we just enjoyed spending time together and Mm -hmm. we have date nights every Friday and that's unheard of now with young kids. And I find even now with that extra time or when people aren't really doing stuff, whether it's because of COVID or like you said, you're in a lonely season, it's, that's another option. How can I kindle my friendship with my husband and love him well or plan a fun date, whether that's out or at home or. Yep. Yeah, that's right. I, I really think there's there's opportunity to be had here mm-hmm. if we can just recognize that that's what the Lord has put before us. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because we see his love and kindness for us in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd love to end this episode by talking about our kids, by kind of landing in that spot. I really want to encourage and equip moms to raise their kids with eternity in mind. And I think we can really talk about any subjects in that platform. So as we raise our kids to know the Lord and to mold their hearts and their minds, how can we help our kids have a Godward view of friendship? Mm -hmm. 
Well, Caitlin, like um, many areas of parenting, more is caught than taught. And so the best thing you can do for your kids is to model love, to model love for God, to model love for one another. And, um, and our kids will pick that up. So um, I think we can um, very proactively be teaching our children healthy relational habits of, you know, what do we do when we offend one another? How do we share? How do we show kindness and empathy? But I, um, so, and I, I think all of those things are, you're doing without even thinking about it. Um, maybe a word of caution. I, I know of some parents who feel very strongly that they need to secure friends for their children. And um, I would say that the same applies to their children as what applies to them, that we can trust God to bring the right friends for our children as they need it. And um, we don't need to jump in or be worried just because our children are maybe feeling those relational needs. We want to help them trust God to meet those needs for them as well. So, you know, you just, you can't go wrong. And a lot of times what our children really are looking for in relationship is a good, encouraging relationship with us, their parents, especially, especially in the ages of, of young children. So, you know, let's be willing to give that to them. Yeah, I, I was so encouraged by another pastor's wife who said that. She said, the ladies in my church are so quick to sign their kids up for activities and they're joining yeah. soccer and gymnastics at three and four years old. And I'm looking at them saying, they just need you. That's right. They need a full schedule and play dates every day and activities going on all the time. They just need you. That's right. That's right. And they, they need you to love them. So meaning you're not always giving them what they want but you are giving them what they need. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some parents try so hard to be friend, quote, friends with their children, mm -hmm. but they're not really fulfilling that role of parent. And, uh, and kids need that. Kid need, kids need parents. But you can, you can be good friends as you're parenting. I think that's a good distinguishment. I don't know if you have any more words of that you'd like to share about that because I do see even on social media where parents will say like hanging out with my best friend or my little best friend and they're talking about their child. Yes. And I, I think that that puts a lot of pressure on a, a child to somehow step up and fulfill mom's emotional needs. I, I think sometimes they're, they're kind of getting into that category and I, I would caution against that. Our children are not, um, there to meet our needs we're there to meet their needs and um yes it's a you know it's wonderful to be a mom and it's wonderful to have that love between parent and child but it's not they are not adults and they they shouldn't be feeling the pressure to keep you happy because they're such a good friend in the in the course of growing up children need to you know spread their wings and the whole goal is for us to be a steward of these children and for them to grow up and then leave us and um, start their own lives and start their own families. So um, we, we love them dearly, but very open-handedly mm -hmm. and not to secure our own emotional needs. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think that's really helpful. 
Sue, I'd love to end this episode by asking if you have any words of encouragement to share with moms who are seeking to raise our kids with eternity in mind as we wrestle through the subject of friendship. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I just, you know, there's many verses in the Bible that talk about God beckoning us to come to him, to see him as the source of all of our needs. Um, But during times of loneliness, um, one verse that has been very special to me has been Psalm 73, verses 25 and 26, and I'll read it for you. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And besides thee, I desire nothing on earth. My heart and my flesh may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And I have found that to just be very, very encouraging as I look to Christ to meet my, my friendship needs. Mm-hmm. And he has done it over and over and over. Praise God. Amen. That's so encouraging. And I hope that this is encouraging to other moms as well. Thank Me you so too. much for your time. You're welcome. I hope that today's episode has encouraged and equipped you to raise your children with eternity in mind. And remember, we are not doing this alone. As Christians, God wills us to will and to work for his good pleasure. We are trusting in the finished work of Christ, and we're empowered by his Holy Spirit. If this episode has been helpful to you, could you please write a review for other moms and share this podcast with your friends? For more information and the show notes, check out MissTeacherMom.com. And please join us next week for the Miss Teacher Mom podcast.